Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Today's show is brought to you by Bona Floor Cleaners. The next generation Bona Premium Spray Mop for hardwood floors includes a microfiber cleaning pad and hardwood floor cleaner all in one wonderful package. Together, the mop and cleaner provide an effective clean, which is quick, easy to use, and leaves no dulling residue. It's the perfect solution for simply beautiful floors. Bona Premium Spray Mop is available at most retailers where floor cleaning products are sold on Amazon and Bona.com. To receive exclusive offers and to learn more, visit Bona, B-O-N-A, dot com slash happy hour. Today, my guest is Lindsay Ray, who is best known as the girl who hates green beans. Lindsay sat down with me in March, the day after the most dramatic Bachelor finale. Isn't that what they say every time? And you know that we talked about it. She shared with me also about her job as a writer for Entertainment Weekly, and I was just blown away that she has such a cool job. We also talked about how Chris Harrison recognized her from her blog and about what love has looked like after a divorce in her 20s. Also, we talked about how she seeks contentment as a 43-year-old single woman. Lindsay is funny, honest, and an all-around fun friend to talk with. I know you're going to love our conversation. Okay, friends, before we get to my conversation with Lindsay, I want to tell you about something that I think you might want to know about. Did you know that there is a way that you can get all of the information from every single happy hour show every week right into your email inbox? Yes, it's called the newsletter. It's a perfect way to stay informed about what is going on in my world and everything that's happening with the happy hour. In the newsletter, you're going to get information about all the guests that we have on the show. You're going to get all the links from everything we talk about. But here's also why I think you need to know about this today, because we also tell the Happy Hour newsletter subscribers about tickets to the next Happy Hour Live first. And let me tell you something, you guys, next week, May 1st, Happy Hour Live tickets go on for our next event, which is in August, and you're going to want to get on that newsletter so that you can get tickets first. We also give you surprise codes for merch. And I promise we're never going to spam you. We're just going to send you good stuff. So go right now, jamieivy.com slash newsletter to subscribe. And next week you can get those happy hour live tickets for August before anyone else. All right, you guys, here is my conversation with my friend, Lindsay Ray. Hey, Lindsay, welcome to the happy hour. Hi, Jamie. Thank you. This is our second time to meet. You came to a happy hour live with Melanie Shankle. I did. I crashed. Sorry. You crashed the party. <laughs> we always love party crashers. It's totally fine. That was I was with- technically invited by you Melanie, were. but yeah, I rolled up and Aaron was like, can I help you? I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> and I dropped Melanie's name because if I thought, I'm here to see Jamie Ivy, he would have gone, yeah, you need to Everybody turn around. Everybody is. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's funny. Well, the next night after you guys, Aaron stopped one of the guests that was on stage oh, and was no. like, hey, can I help you? And she's like, I'm here to be on stage. He like, told, I was like, okay, from now on, I'm gonna give you a picture and a name of the people on stage. So you know who's coming. That's bold. Okay, so Lindsay, introduce yourself to my listeners real quick. Oh, gosh. My name is Lindsay Rice, spelled very strange, L-I-N-C-E-E. My dad did that to me. Whenever I was in fourth grade, I won the Citizen Bee Award, and they announced for Linky Ray. Linky Ray. Mm -hmm. And then that morphed into Slinky, which was later shortened to Slink. And I have a handful of people who still call me that. Yeah. That is hilarious. Isn't that fun? I am a accidental blogger, I guess is the best way to put it, who has eventually written two books. It was a long, wild, weird, random journey. What do you do for your day job? I write books for my day job. I used to be in the oil and gas industry. I thought you worked at a church. I sort of do. Yes. Okay. Sorry for my bad reason. No, no, no. No, I I work part-time for a church with an organization called Campus Outreach. And then I also write all day long. I also work for Entertainment Weekly, where I write TV recaps because they really had to twist my arm to do that job. And I write book reviews for the Associated Press. You write all day? All day long. Yes. Okay, you dress up for me. You don't dress like this every day, do you? Oh, I do not. Yes, I dressed up for you. Of you course I did. so sweet. Thank and I you. did not dress up for you. That is quite all right. Um, okay, so writing for Entertainment Weekly, mm-hmm. recapping television shows. Are you working yes. on one show or do you do a variety of shows? Because this is a job we have not had anyone on the show for. Oh. So I'm curious right yes, now. Yes, how fun. Okay, so it all started with The Bachelor, of course. Okay, that's, maybe you should go back and tell yeah, the whole thing. That's and I mean, it's embarrassing, but you know what? I've learned to own it after 27 seasons. You just do that. You've seen every season. Oh, yes, I have. Yes. Because once upon a time when it came on, my roommate and I thought, what fresh, you know, what is this? And we have to watch it. This is terrible. What is happening? And then the next season we thought, well, we have to watch it. What is happening? And then the next season went on and on. And season three, which was Andrew Firestone, I just happened to write a recap to Friends. And I just sent it to him, just like, hee hee hee, did y'all see that? Like this an happened? email to yes, your friends. An email to six people. And then the next week, they all said, well, hey, where's our recap? And so I thought, all right. So I wrote another one. By the fourth week, a girl named Tiffany from Atlanta wrote me and she said, hey, I don't get your recaps till Thursdays. Can I get on the original list? And you said, uh, I thought, who are you? And how did you get my information? Because it did not occur to me. People were forwarding it to their friends and they were forwarding it to their friends. And so by the end of that season, I had a thousand people on this email list. And my IT guy at work said, hey, you can't send a fact because I was batching them, you know, in in 50s. He's like, you can't do that. That is that is totally clogging our system. You can't do that. And I said, well, what am I supposed to do? And he said, you need a blog. And I said, I don't do technology, Jason. What are you talking about? He said, no, it's easy. It's like a PowerPoint. You click here for title, click here for body, and hit submit. Back in the blogger days. And so- What was your platform? Was it like Blogspot or- Yes, Yes. it was. Uh Yes, it was probably thebachelorrecaps.blogspot.com.somethingelseblogger.edu. Right. And he set that up for me. And it was so freeing for some reason to think, wow, I can write this anytime I want and just hit publish. And people come to it to read it whenever they can. Because I would get emails every once in a while saying, where's our recap? Where's our recap? And I felt a lot of stress because I'm an Enneagram 9 and we need to be the peacemaker about everything. 
So then it just snowballed into bigger and bigger and bigger things. And then I went to an actual website, which is IHateGreenBeans.com because I thought, you know, any day now, this Bachelor show is going to be over. And because it is ridiculous and filthy, but it's not. It's still going to this day. Is it still ridiculous and filthy, though? Oh, yes, (laughs) absolutely it is. Yes, yes, yes. And it ended up on the desk of an editor at Entertainment Weekly. And so she emailed me and said, hey, you're funny. Would you like to recap TV shows for a living? And I said, "Uh uh-huh, yeah. I sure would. What do I need to do? You don't have to pay me, but they do. But here's the thing. If you think about it, how many TV shows are on regular network television, cable, now you're going to add Hulu and Amazon and Netflix. They didn't have enough people on staff to write. So they started pulling in freelancers and I was a lucky one who got pulled in. And when was that? 2013. I did not know that about you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're recapping The Bachelor. Yes, I didn't didn't recap The Bachelor for Entertainment Weekly. I did every once in a while. I filled in because they knew I knew what I was talking about. But I made it a point to ask them not to recap that because I wanted that to remain on my website. They also have phenomenal recappers who want to recap that show because that's what a lot of it was too. What are the shows no one cares about? Let's give those to the freelancers. (laughs) But then I ended up with great shows. At one point, I was recapping four at a time. So I was pretty much tethered to my TV at night, which was fine. But now I'm just doing one and that's Grey's Anatomy. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Is Grey's Anatomy still on? It is season 15. Oh my 15. gosh. And I'm in, I'm there for it. So two things I need to tell you from you just telling me the story right now. Mm-hmm. First of all, long ago when you had a thousand people on that email list, yes. did you know that people would give a lot to have a thousand people on their email list? Yes. I know now I do. You. I know now. Yes. Second, I don't want to be dumb here. Uh-huh. So you watch the TV show mm-hmm. and then recap and then write about it. For Entertainment Weekly, yes, they will say, if it is an hour-long show like Grey's Anatomy, I watch it from 7 to 8, and then I have from 8 to 9 to write and turn it in. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, it's so a, you're, it's off the like, yes. cuff. Yes, because so the way I recap, even with The Bachelor, I just have my laptop in front of me, and I'm taking notes. And whatever funny thing pops into my head, random thing— this is what happened. Oh, I need to remember that funny line. I've done it enough now to to where that hour deadline is not intimidating anymore. When I first started off, I thought there's no way I can get all of it told in one hour. But that's the secret. You don't tell all of it. Okay. Nobody, because people say, why are there recaps to begin with? Well, there are recaps for two reasons. One, the diehards want to talk with other diehards about what happened. Number two, the eh, so-so people want to know if it's worth their time yeah. to watch or if I give it a B minus, they're just going to go ahead and delete it and read my recap and know enough for the next week. Gotcha. They give you one hour. I can do it pretty quickly because people on the West Coast are already looking at it. And then by the next morning, you've got the people who are commuting. This is what they tell me in New York. The people who are commuting on the trains are reading it. And probably about noon, you're obsolete. Done. Nobody cares. Does it go through an editing process? It does, yes. In that quickly? Yes. That turnaround? Yes. So what night does Grey's Anatomy come out? Thursday. So Thursday night, you're not going out? I'm not, no. That is so crazy. Is Meredith Grey still on that show? She is, yes. Alex Karev, Meredith Grey, Bailey, and Weber are the four originals who are still there. Everybody else I don't think I would even know anything about that show. 
Well, see, you would. You would be able to pick right up into it's it. It's like days of our lives. That, it, that's exactly right. It was on the other day where I was someplace. Oh, I was at the dentist. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I remember thinking, I could get into the storyline right now. Yeah, it's addictive. Marlena was on Marlena. it. Yeah. Oh, what's she been up to these <laughs> last know, decades? Exactly. Good for her. Did you watch Days of Our Lives when you were I younger? I did, yes. Do you remember who was buried alive? Was it Marlena? Well, I that think was... it was Marlena. Yes. Or maybe an alter ego of Marlena. I just remember that. And I'm a six. <laughs> and so the thought of getting buried alive, like I remember watching her in that like grave, scratching at that thing. I think I have been like, I think I've scored traumatized. traumatized. That's terrible. It's so terrible because they showed that on TV to a little girl (laughs) watching. Okay, so you sound like you have a really cool job. Yes. What do you do for Associated Press? I do book reviews for the Associated Press. And that was a funny story too, because I thought in order to become a better writer, I think you need to read. And so then I thought, how can I make money reading? And lo and behold, there was this email chain. Again, I'm on a lot of these email groups <laughs> from Bachelor people. And there was a group of people who were all Fox News girls and Associated Press girls that worked in New York. And I had no idea because I have their personal email addresses, right. not their .foxnews.com. And so one of the girls was the entertainment editor for the Associated Press. And so I emailed her and I said, how can I make money reading? Do you know any? And then she said, yeah, hold on, and copied me on an email to the book editor and said, hey, this is my friend, Lindsay. You don't have to vet her. I know we need book reviewers. Let her do this. And my first book was Chris Harrison's romance novel. Stop it right Isn't now. Isn't that fun? So Chris Harrison, didn't he get a divorce? He did. Okay. And this romance novel? Uh-huh. Do you listen to the podcast? I do. So, okay. <laughs> I love them. I'm about to go on a rabbit trail here. Okay, here we go. I didn't hardly know that Chris Harrison wrote a romance novel. Yeah. But it was either Jamie or Knox that said they didn't think he actually wrote that book. Oh, I think it was Nicholas Sparks who wrote it. Really? Like in his sleep, maybe. Like there's a ghostwriter <laughs> for sure. Yes. That is so funny. And I would never admit that out loud. Don't pr- pretend I didn't say that. But yeah, it was not the best in the world, but I didn't tell him that because I drove here to Austin to meet him, to get him to sign my book. They made you put your name on a post-it note. And then you probably know this Uh because you have jillions of people standing in line to to sign your book. But they make you put your name on a post-it note and then walk up to him. And he just looks at the post-it and says, to Lindsay, love Chris. And I thought, "Uh uh-uh, no, I'm going to get some eye contact. So I took my post-it note off. And I walked up to him and I said, hey, Chris, do you remember me? And then I handed him the post-it note and he looked at me funny and he was trying to put two and two together. And I said, I reviewed your book for the Associated Press. And he went, that's not it. And I went, well, I I mean, I did. And he went, no, you're that green bean girl, aren't you? And I said, I am. I'm that girl. And he said, I told my people that that was the same girl. And they were saying, why would the green bean girl be writing book reviews for the Associated Press? I was like, that is me. So I felt like there was a little bit of a love connection there. But are nothing, you into Chris Harrison? Nothing has happened. He's dating some girl from like extra or entertainment. Okay, if he wasn't, would something. you be into him? Yes. <laughs> yes. I would. Have you ever this looked is, into his eyes, this Jamie? This is the Ivy? best thing ever. Uh, I get lost in his eyes and I feel my spirits rise. Would you go on <laughs> so The Bachelor? Like no, 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 no. Now, if I could be the one who went up to the girl and tried to convince her, hey, 
maybe don't say anything stupid or, hey, maybe not wear that dress that's so short that looks like Michelle Kwan's ice skating dress <laughs> from the Nagano Olympics. Let's try to think of something different. I would be that person. I always say, I remember when I used to watch The Bachelor forever ago. Mm-hmm. I don't now because of time, not because sure. of any more obligation. Yeah. But I don't know why I feel like the need to say that. Well, but I mean, a lot of people ask me, how I'm can sure you be a Christian do. and watch The Bachelor? We're going to talk about it. Yeah. But I remember one time I told my husband, I was like, I think I would go on The Bachelor. And he was like, uh, you're married and you have four <laughs> children. I was like, I know, listen, I don't want to go for love. I want to make it to like the top 10. Yeah. I just want to go around the world. Do you see where those like, girls, I want to be like the best friend to the girls. Like, I don't want to have anything to do with a guy. <laughs> yeah. No. I want to be on uh-uh. all the group dates. Yes. And then take me around the world, Chris Harrison, yes. Bachelor. Do it. So I funny. agree. I'm there too. So funny. I think you and I are past the old, uh, the age mark, <laughs> if you know what I mean, right? I guess so. They're what's never the, going to have a 40-year-old Bachelor. What's the oldest they? person they've had on there? Oh, I want to say that Ari last year was, you know, an old fogey at maybe 38, I think. <laughs> but he married a fetus, so good, okay. good for him. Okay, so you were recapping The Bachelor to your friends. Mm-hmm. You ended up getting a blog. Mm-hmm. I hate green beans. Mm-hmm. And then you start writing for Entertainment Weekly. Yeah. Now you're reviewing books yeah. and writing your own books. Yes. Is this what you thought your life was going to be? No, not in a million years. No. It's one of those things where hindsight is twenty twenty, And you look back and think of all the, the yuck that you went through back in the day where you're sitting kind of in the fetal position going, I, I don't know what's happening or where we're going to go from here. And then you fast forward 15, 16 years and see what the Lord was doing the whole entire time. It's fascinating to me. Fascinating. Mm. Even after your book, reading your book, fascinating to me to see all the, you know, that that saying where the tapestry looks terrible on one side and then you flip it over and it's beautiful. That's that's yeah. exactly what I feel like. Okay, before I get into some of your story, I do want you to address the question that you said people ask you of how can you be a Christian and watch The mm-hmm. Bachelor? I get that a lot, which you would probably guess. The problem with that is, I think people need to lighten up just a little bit. Um, Also, if you look closely, yes, I poke fun, but I don't make fun of anything you can't help. Like you can help saying that and you can help wearing that girl. But whenever I get down to it, it's this. I started writing The Bachelor in the darkest time of my life, the darkest time of my life. And I was going through my husband's infidelity. And I wanted to, and I stayed with him because that's what you do. And when you, it's for better or for worse, this was worse. We're going to stay. We're going to do this. And I would be just in the bed and not able to get out of the bed. But Monday night would roll around and I would get up because I wanted to watch The Bachelor. I wanted to write something about it. I wanted to post it. And the comments, the community that I had built on the website is what gave me life. It just filled me up for just a, the tiniest little thing of that was so funny or, oh, I didn't even notice that. That That is so great that you noticed that. Did you notice this? And then all of the, the conversations between the commenters and, and how I had created that space for them to laugh and share things. And, and that is what got me through as Weird as that sounds, but I'm owning it because it is the truth. And I think it is precious that the Lord gave me such a tacky little show to help me not over a hump because there was a long way to that hump, but help me at least get out of the bed. Yeah. And help you kind of have an outlet and Mm -hmm. to get some community in this new kind of way. Yes. And I'm sure, I'm only assuming here that it probably helped too, that it was a community outside of the mess that you were in. Yes. And so it was a little reprieve Mm -hmm. from 
what you were in. Absolutely. And I also kept it a secret for a long time. We, I, I stayed with him for about six months um, until everything just blew up and there wasn't anywhere else to go but down a divorce path. But I kept it a secret from everyone because I knew we would get through this and I didn't want that hanging over his head. And um, that is a place where I found sanctuary was on the website. So if you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music. Just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. 
Can you talk about this dark time? Yeah. Okay. So I always think when we talk on here about hard times that people go through, one of the things that I think is most interesting is no matter what you say, or no matter what who's sitting in the chair that you're in today, someone may be listening and may never go through what you went through. Yeah. They may, their dark time could look so different. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's this beautiful thing about sharing our stories. Yes. And I think you agree with this because you advocate for this. There's mm-hmm. this beautiful thing about sharing our stories that kind of brings us all together a little mm-hmm. bit. And so when I ask you about like your dark times, I understand some people may not be going through that, but besides the bachelor, so that little reprieve that you were going through on the other side of those six months, when it does look as though everything's falling apart, Mm -hmm. what were some things that helped you get through that? Worship music helped me get through that a lot. Um, Do not laugh, but Elvis Presley's church hymns mm -hmm, got me through that. Um, Christy Knuckles got me through that, but a lot of instrumental hymns, Mm because for some reason I didn't, I didn't want words. I don't know why, but I didn't want words. And I think the the two dear friends, the ones that come up and know she's got to stay here for a little bit, but we're not going to let her stay there all the time. Mm-hmm. We've got to pull her out a little bit. And luckily, one had been down my road. And I remember asking her, Rebecca, when am I going to feel normal again? Because I... I moved back home. And that's in the teeny tiny town that I'm from. I was the hottest gossip ever because he was from the teeny tiny town. We practically rode out on a homecoming parade float and waving at people whenever we went off to the big city. So it was just gossip. And I was in their house and I just wanted to stay there. And I remember Rebecca calling and I said, how long will it be before I feel normal again? And she said, five years. And I hung up on her. And then later she would call again and she said, you know what? Today, I want you to get out of the bed and put your shoes on. Mm. And I said, oh, oh man, why am I putting my shoes on? And she said, because you won't get back in the bed Mm. with your shoes on. And that's all you have to do. And it's a victory. And I did it. Didn't do anything but, you know, roam around the room. And then my friend Jill and Rebecca and I are kind of a trio and Jill tag teamed the next day. And she said, okay, today you're going to get up, get out of the bed, put on your shoes and go outside. And I specifically remember, do I have to put on a bra? And she said, no. And I'm all right. Okay, I'm in. And then no makeup, no. And so I'm just roaming around my parents, you know, property with just getting fresh air. And slowly I just began to crawl out of that hole that I was in, the the hole that I never thought I would be in. I mean, I was the kid, this is this is what was most devastating for me, is I was the kid who did everything right. I was the kid who grew up in church and knew everything and played by all the rules and never did anything wrong, anything wrong. And also was the kid where I thought, I would like to try out for drill team and make captain. So I did. I would like to go to Baylor. So I did. I didn't I didn't apply for any other college. Who does that? Yeah. Me, because I'm thinking, well, I've worked hard and I have the grades. I'll just go here. And he was a high school sweetheart. And that was the plan. When you grow up in the tiny town, you marry the high school sweetheart and then you live happily ever after and you move back home so the grandparents can raise the children with you. It's perfect. And so when that was interrupted, I didn't know what to do with myself because it wasn't fair that I was the good person who something really bad happened to. How many years ago was that? 16. How in 16 years, how have you resolved that question that you just asked? How does this happen to me? I think maturity, of course, helps. I think distance 
helps and time helps. But I will also say that I still think it. You still think, how does this happen to me? I did mm-hmm. everything right. Well, yes, because it has twisted a little bit. So I was divorced at 29 years old. And you think, okay, well, you know, I'm still young and fabulous. You know, once you get out of the darkness-ish and you're like in the murky stages, mm-hmm. um, I'm still young and fabulous. And this can still happen for me and I can still have kids. You get 40, you get 41, you get 42, and now I'm 43. And I think that doesn't seem very fair that I, I feel like I handled my divorce really well and, you know, healthy boundaries and everything. And it was a hard time, but look at me, I got through it. You know, when am I supposed to get my reward, Lord? Don't Mm -hmm. you see all this wonderful stuff I'm doing down here and all this service and writing books that have you in it? When am I going to get my reward? And that is what I have to hear myself say and feel myself say. And I'm learning to recognize it. And that is the difference where I say, wait up, hold up. No, 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 no. No one ever promised you a husband. No one ever promised you a kid. No one ever promised you a life without challenge. You know, nobody ever said that's what you were going to get, girl. Why do you think you deserve it more than other people? So where I am at now and where I try to encourage other single women who may are wondering why I'm not married, why don't I have a kid? Why am I not going out on dates? That's another question too. I, I'm not asked out on dates. People ask me all the time, why Why don't you date? And I was like, well, I would love that <laughs> if somebody would ask me out. Thank you. Right. And then, you know, that's usually followed up by, well, what's online dating or, you know, are you going out to the places where the <laughs> men are? And I'm like, yeah, mama, I'm rolling up to the club every <laughs> right. night. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, I just think it's, I think I try to encourage women that God has you in this position right now for a purpose. And sadly, you may never know what that is, but you are here for a purpose and you have to live your life out full right now because this is where you are. If you don't, I feel like that's just slapping God in the face. And it sounds to me as though maturity you know, time, all those things. Mm-hmm. But it also sounds to me as though you're kind of having to remind yourself of what is true. Yes. Oh, but that's it my doesn't big thing. mean that you don't still hurt over it. Exactly. That's because exactly. I think it's where people can get tricky as they think, well, if I'm hurting, I must not believe this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. You yes. see that? Oh, I've done that all the time. I've done that. Absolutely. So then if I believe it, then I should be happy. Exactly. I should be content. Why am I not content? This is truth. And I've said it to myself over and over and over again. So you're fighting for contentment as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every day. And that sounds like I'm not over my divorce or not over the whole darkness or whatever. But I also think that's my personality to feel this is part of what the new book is about, this void of feeling what something is missing. And if you ask me right now, what is missing? I will say husband, children, because I've always wanted to be a wife and a mother my whole entire life. Did not want to write a book, did not want to work in the oil and gas industry, didn't want to work for Entertainment Weekly. Never thought I'd be, I didn't, I didn't want to do any of that. I wanted to marry husband and raise children. And that is not what I'm doing because in my brain, that is what contentment looked like. So I always feel like what is missing? What is missing? What is missing? Now, Jamie Ivy, I also know that if I had that right now, I would have this feeling, something's missing. Mm. What is missing? And you know what that is? That's being on this side of heaven. Right. That is being on this side of heaven. This longing that you're feeling, ah, I just, it's not right. Yeah. It's You're never not gonna with be. your Lord. Yeah. It's not right. Mm-hmm. Because everyone that's listening that has the husband and the kids is going, wait, I still feel that. Yes. And I have the two things you're listing. Yes. Yeah. And it's that grass is always greener. I talk to Jill and Rebecca too a lot about 
you know, oh, I'm feeling sad and I'm feeling this. And and I laughed one day. I was at, Jill called, Rebecca called, and it was maybe 4.30. And I went, hello, <coughs> hello. And she was like, gosh, are you sick? And I went, no, this is the first time I've spoken today. And she went, oh, I'd give anything for it to be 4.30 and I haven't talked to anybody or explained anything to anybody or had anybody ask me questions. And you're so lucky. And I'm thinking, you're so lucky to have right. little ones around yeah. you. So grass is always greener, you know, yeah. mind your own grass. How do you feel? Because you mentioned people saying like, oh, why aren't you dating? Or what yeah. is this? <laughs> How do you deal with the the ideas that people have that you should be mm-hmm. something at 43? And maybe you not don't fill in those blanks. You're already dealing with it personally. Yeah, You're already dealing with it inwardly. And then do you feel that way from community, from family, from church mm-hmm. of... This is odd that mm-hmm. you haven't filled in these two blanks that we think you should have. Yes. I think it is It is more from being a tiny, small town for me. I'm from the itty-bitty, small, tiny town where everybody knows everything. There's also a lot of, you're too picky. Why are you so picky? There's so many people out there you could date. And again, I think I'm not picky. I'll go out with anybody twice and, you know, they might have a cute brother who's single too. So that, <laughs> you never know. You never know. But I'm I'm just simply not asked out. And so then it goes to, well, you're not putting yourself in the right position or put yourself out there. And I get that. I have done online dating and it is not for me, but I have several friends who have found wonderful, loving, great husbands that I think are precious and not for me. I mean, I've had weird and awkward experiences and maybe I'll try it again sometimes. But I think the small town effect is this is how we are all raised. We all get married really young. A lot of my high school and college friends just got married in their young, young 20s and their kids are graduating from high school now. And that's just the way it is. And so I look weird. I look like an outcast and, and different what I love is I am surrounded by women in my life. And I, if you gave me one minute, I could name 20 ladies in my life who are exactly in my boat. Mm. So that is the thing that I've been clinging to is that I'm not the oddball alone one bobbing out here, not understanding how to do this thing called dating or do this thing called relationships. There are about 20 of us that are all in 40s, late, mid 40s. And, you know, I said, let's get it in place. We're going to Golden Girls this business (laughs) once we reach a certain age and just all live together and eat cheesecake. Doesn't that sound fabulous? That sounds, can I come visit? Yes, you can. I just told our church, you just need to put up like an apartment complex out (laughs) back and that's where we'll all live. I love it so much. You guys could do a lot of service if you live that close to the church. Yes, we could. Thank you. What church do you go to? Grace Bible Church in the Heights. Okay, let's go. Guys, I know you're loving my conversation today with Lindsay, but I want to take a second right now to thank our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Third Love. With more than 70 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes, Third Love designs bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. All you need to do is just answer a few simple questions via the Third Love's Fit Finder quiz to find your perfect fit in the bra in 60 seconds. Then, thanks to Third Love's 100% fit guarantee, you can wear, wash, and put your bra to the test for 60 days. 
And if you don't love it, you can return it. And Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. This is hands down the most comfortable bra you will own with straps that won't slip, tagless labels, and lightweight, super thin memory foam cups. So my latest purchase from Third Love is the Everyday Lace T-shirt bra, which it's a modern style of lace, but it's knitted for maximum durability. It has foam padded hook and eye with tagless printed label, which is great because nobody wants that tag scratching their back all the time. It has ultra thin memory foam cups, which form to your body. And basically this bra proves that the best time for lace is all the time. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering my listeners 15% off your first order. It is a great bra that is worth trying out for getting 15%. You guys go to thirdlove.com slash Jamie right now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash Jamie for 15% off today. You guys, I also want to thank ZipRecruiter for sponsoring today's happy hour episode. You know, it is so challenging when you're hiring new people to work with you. It's hard to find qualified candidates. Sometimes it takes forever. There's so many applicants to go to, but there's one place where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates, and that place is ZipRecruiter.com slash HH. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards. But they don't stop there, you guys. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter then scans thousands of resumes, so you don't have to, to find people with the right experience and then invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one, so you don't have to, and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. You guys, this is amazing. Right now, you, my listeners, can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash HH. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash HH. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So you're this turned writer, didn't ever expect this to no. happen, mm-hmm. and you're releasing your second book soon. Yes. And I've had the joy to read it. Yes. Congratulations, first of all. Thank you. I know the work that goes into <sighs> that. Yes. Uh, it comes out in just a couple of weeks, yes. and it is called It's a Love Story. Yes. What made you want to write about love? Because <laughs> I'm an expert, Jay. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're 27 <laughs> seasons into The Bachelor. After that many seasons, I know a thing or two. I think what made me want to write about love is, uh, well, I'll just say it, the Hallmark Christmas movie channels. I was watching a lot of those, and then Megan and Harry got married, and I was way too obsessed in all of that. And it was this idea of love and how how we see love in different places, and it just sort of evolved from that, how we see love in people, places, things, memories, then I get off onto lessons learned from romances. And here's the story about my first kiss, which is super duper embarrassing. And I'm from the tiny town and people are going to do the math and they're going to know who I'm talking about. And I'm already getting the hives thinking about that. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I loved it Thank because you. I honestly expected just like um, romantic love when you yeah. talk about it's a love story. But the way you described it is you talked about all different kinds of yes. love in all of our lives that anyone can experience. Right. I mean, yes. You don't have to be married. No, no, no. Or dating no, or whatever in a relationship to in, experience some of these things. In fact, that's hardly what the book is about. True. Because yeah. I don't have a lot of those stories, <laughs> sadly. But, you know, it's about pets. It's about my love for dance and how the Lord shut that down with three knee surgeries. And 
a love for Africa and the people there and a love for live music and what you can experience in that, or even just music from your childhood. I mean, New Kids on the Block takes me places. Have you been to a New Kids on the Block concert yes. as an adult? Oh, yes. Me too. Wasn't it wonderful? It was like, we saw all the young people there and we're like, y'all don't even know. Why are you here? I know. Was it with Backstreet Boys? No, or I can't were they remember. by themselves? No, there was somebody, but I can't remember who they were with. It wasn't Backstreet. I remember that. So I went to the NKOTBSB concert, okay, yes. and all these little girls in front of us were Snapchatting during, uh-uh. like, please don't go girl. And I wanted to knock that right out of their hand and say, respect your elders. <laughs> yes. I know the Backstreet Boys aren't singing, quit playing games with my heart, but get up right now and respect your el- yes. elders. Joey is singing, listen up. Go, girl. Mm-hmm. Another concert that I went to that I just sang every single song at the top of my lungs with Garth, Garth Brooks. Yes, oh, me too. I think it might be one of the best shows I've ever seen. Me too, me too. This last one? Yeah, well, it was three years ago. Yes, I saw him yes, in Tennessee, yes. yeah. Phenomenal. And he was smart because you know what he did? He didn't sing any of his new stuff. We don't want the new stuff. We don't want it. We do not we, want the new we stuff. We do not want it. And I love the roar of the crowd when oh they gosh. can sing every single word and you're singing it with them. Can you imagine what he feels like? Oh, well, the funny thing, I think I've told this story on here. We were in Tennessee on vacation and we're friends with the basketball coach at Tennessee, Coach mm-hmm. Barnes. He used to be here at Texas. And so we went to visit him at the university and he said, Hey, I have. I have, these, I have some tickets tonight. We're like, uh, yes. <laughs> so my kids were there. They did not know us. They did not know anything. They were like, what is happening? I mean, yeah. mom's up singing the whole time. Right. They're like, this is a crazy woman. But we saw him the day of the concert. Mm. Uh, Coach Barnes was giving us a tour of the campus and we were in the basketball gym. And I was like, Aaron, that's Garth Brooks. So he's walking in yeah. and Lindsay, he looks as though he had been run over by a train. Oh. I mean, he looks exhausted. He had a hoodie on. I mean, he was nice and introduced and then he was going to a press conference, but he looked rough. I'm sure. Then I went to the concert that night and I was like, there's why he looks rough because he gives everything on that Mm -hmm. stage. Mm -hmm. All, all night long, all night long, for two hours. I mean, Trisha came out and sang like two songs, whatever. But, she comes you know, out, sings, and then leaves. Uh-huh, bye-bye. Yeah. But I think, and, and he opened with the one song that nobody knows, but then the rest of it, he is up and down and yelling and running and in and out. Amazing concert. Amazing concert. And it was one of those where I worked hard to get the tickets, <sighs> and it was worth it because we have floor seats. And so phenomenal, fabulous. Phenomenal. Which is another thing, too, that where you sit in a live show and... <laughs> you know, on Broadway shows makes a big, huge difference about your experience. Whenever you can make eye contact with a performer, I think that is it's special. A good thing. It is a great day. One more question of randomness before uh-huh. we move on. Have you seen Hamilton? Yeah, I saw it in your town, Houston. Yes. Last year, it was so good. Wasn't it? And did you listen to the soundtrack forever after that? We listened to it all the time. And I went into that show knowing nothing. Yes, me too. Other than this is a really big deal. That's exactly all I knew. People are listening to music. Okay, let's go see it. It was so good. I loved it. Okay, so I want to talk to you about two more things. Yes. The first thing I want to talk to you about is you find it really important. You love teaching women about the Bible. Yes. Where do you do this? In your local church? I do. I teach on Wednesday nights. We have Wednesday night Bible study for women. And we have this collection. It's called The Amazing Collection that four women wrote way back in the 80s, 90s, maybe. And it is a book of the Bible every week. So for three years, we go through the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation, all 66 books. And that is intimidating when you first hear it, like what in the world? You're not going to learn everything. But that's not the point. 
the point is for women to learn when you're reading it that fast, how the Bible is all connected chronologically, but how it's also always pointing to Christ, always pointing to Christ, even the Old Testament. And it's not that you're going to know everything there is to know about Leviticus and all the rules, but you are going to know that Leviticus is about holiness Mm. when somebody asks you. Yeah. And you'll get little tiny nuggets. And in a five-day study, they pack a lot in there. And I have loved every minute of it. And in fact, I just started my second round. So in five days, you'll do the whole entire book of Genesis or yes. the whole entire book yes. of Joshua, of whatever. Yeah, yeah. Psalms, Ugh, that's yeah. this week. Whoa. Uh-huh. So you say when you just started your second round, your second round of the whole entire, yes. the second three years. Yes, Okay. I just started again. And because I like to teach, I teach with a friend, Amy Cooper, and she and I kind of go back and forth. So the first year it was Genesis. She did Exodus. I did Leviticus. She did Numbers. And that was hard on the old soul because you have to research a lot and you feel like after you did one, you're automatically doing another. So now we do every third, but this year we're doing books that we didn't do the first time so we can dig in a little deeper. And I've even found the second go around things that I did not get the first go around. And that just shows you that the Bible is full of stuff, even if you have studied it over and over and over again. I even did a women's retreat this past weekend on Ruth, and I was a little bit because I thought, women's retreat and Ruth, I mean, they've all heard it. What am I going to say? I said a lot and got a lot of amens and things that I hadn't even known before. Whenever I dug deeper, found out some stuff. And that's what I love about it. Love it. Love it's it. It's always, there's always something new. I'm for the first time, my listeners will know this because I talk about it all the time. For the first time this year, I'm reading the Bible chronologically. Chronologically, yes. I'm actually listening, listening. to That's it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm listening to it, which is really great for me. And for a while, I thought it was kind of a cop out. Yeah. But then I'm like, it's 2019. Yeah. Like, look at the technology. I can listen to God's word every day. Yeah. So I was actually thinking, just this morning, this is crazy that we're talking about this. I was thinking, I was listening to Deuteronomy, where we are. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking at the end of this year, for the first time, I've been a follower of Jesus since I was 21, I'm 40. For the first time, I'll be able to say, I read the entire book of the Bible, the entire yeah. front to cover Bible this year. There was a part of me that was kind of embarrassed that this would be the first time mm-hmm. I could say that. Mm-hmm. But then I I got through that. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to be really proud about that. Yes. I'm going to be so proud that I accomplished that. Yes. And I, like you, have learned so much. Mm-hmm. There was a story in Genesis that I literally called my friend Amanda and I was like, did you know this? And she's like, yeah, Jamie, everybody knows that. And I'm like, I didn't even know this. <laughs> but there was a time too, like even just seeing it all chronologically go together. I, I just haven't put pieces together and I've been following Jesus for a long time. I it's know. been beautiful. Yes. It's really sweet to see women's eyes open whenever you're talking about David and then you run over to the Psalms and read the Psalm that was happening. And that, and you see that light bulb going off going, oh, because they're not even putting two and two together that when he's running from Saul in this cave, this is the cave and this is the Psalm and see how it all goes together. I love those little light bulbs. And I love hearing the women. We're, we're just now right around Esther and to see them say, well, I remember back in Deuteronomy or I remember what didn't, what didn't Exodus when they said such and such. That's whenever I say, yes, we're getting it. We're we're getting it, their understanding. I love it. That's what it. I've loved too, is like, I'll hear even names. I'm like, oh, I remember. Mm-hmm. That was his mm-hmm. brother's, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just been really cool. Mm-hmm. When you're encountering the women that you're teaching in your classes, do you find that they are 
eager for the word or they are nervous when they approach the word? I think both. Okay. I think for some of them right now, we are, we're in narratives. So whenever you're telling the story of Esther, that's super fun, relatable. I call it the Persian bachelor. It's, but not really the Persian bachelor. But I know what you mean. Like we can find ourselves in the story a bit. It's a story driven. Yeah, exactly. Once you get into major minor prophets, whenever it gets just a little heavier and, and, theological and all of the prophecies and what does this mean? That's whenever I see them get nervous. It's interesting too, the different types of teaching. So Renelle is our women's director and to, to have Amy and I as the two teachers, I think is strategic because Amy is ABC one, two, three. Here's your outline. You write it down and half of those women are just, yes, yes, yes. And then I'm la, 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 la. And here's a story about nothing. And I'm very narrative and, and animated. And that speaks to some women too. So I try to balance it a little bit because I just see people feverishly writing notes. I'm not a note taker, so I don't understand that. But I do understand that the women sometimes want that, need that, feel that. I'm sure it's some of their Enneagram number or something that Uh makes them need to have to write it down and know the perfect answer. But I like to see that juxtaposition too of the women who are, and it's it's neat to see the, like I said, the light bulbs come on and the head nods and the, oh, and no way to hear that. And then for people to come up afterwards and say, I had no idea that happened. Just like you called your friend Amanda. I had no idea this has happened. Thank you for that revelation. Thank you for that enlightenment. I love it. And I think too, there gets to be this feeling if you've been in the church for a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though I've only been a Christian since I was 21, I grew up in the church. So yeah. these stories are not new. No. So there is this kind of feeling of, oh, I feel dumb yeah. because I yeah. didn't know that. I'm yeah. supposed to know, we think we're supposed to know everything about the Bible. Yeah. And that's just not true because we're all learning. Right. And that's something that I'm, I teach and then I go lead a group. And that is something that I, we have one sweet girl who's just very, very honest. And she said, I don't know anything and I am brand new. And this feels like a dumb question. And the other ladies in our group are so sweet to say, I mean, I thought the exact same thing. What, what? And and I'll sometimes go, I don't know the answer to your question. Right. Let me go research and I'll get back with you. And I think it's important to know that too. I think yeah. it's important to know that you're not going to know all the things. Yeah. Well, I think it's encouraging too to hear about what you guys are doing with just getting women into the Word. Yes. I mean, I think that's important and it can be so lost. Yes. In so many churches, unfortunately. Yeah. And even some women believing that they don't need the word or they mm-hmm. don't deserve it, or that's for the husbands mm-hmm. or the pastors or the elders or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm always super encouraged to hear people going, This is what we're doing with our ladies at yes. our church. Yes. So good job, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. All Rennell and a lady named Paula who Go Rennell and Paula. Oh, no, she brought it to us. It was great. Okay, Lindsay, I want to ask you this before we go. You also have a podcast. Yes. Which you know I'm a fan of podcasts. Yes. I have a podcast. I know. Why'd you start a podcast? I started a podcast because I was in that weird period between I have turned in the book, yet it's not out. The first for the book? first one. Okay. Yes. Literally, I turned it in in December, and it wasn't coming out until the next February. Oh, that that's is a, a long, long time. long time to just be with me and my thoughts uh-huh. and my website. So I decided— with side note, a lot of people don't realize that. What? That you turn a book in. I mean, oh, for me, yes. it was 11 months. <gasps> yes. Well, no, I turned it in February 1st. It came out the next January 3rd. Yes. 12 months. Yes. And they don't realize um, sometimes you don't get to pick out the title of your book. And sometimes you don't get to pick out the cover of did your you, book. Did you, your first book, did you pick out the title? 
I picked out the title and they said no. And I said, please. And I think I wore them down and they ended up going with my title. Did yeah. you pick out the cover? No. Okay. I know these are things people don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> my name was spelled correctly. So that's, that's, you all. know, yeah. victory, yeah. Yeah. victory. Okay. So you had this little 14 month waiting period. I had a 14 month waiting period and I was really into podcasts at that time, listening to podcasts and Honestly, I wanted to do something with The Bachelor and I just called my friend and asked him if he would help me out because I think it's pretty funny that a guy listens and or a guy watches The Bachelor and he used to do a recap and that's how we met each other. Ironically, he said, hey, will you read my recap and tell me if it's funny? And I did. And it was. And I'll admit, I thought, hmm, darn, it's funny. But then we developed (laughs) a friendship and he quit writing a recap. So this is his outlet to get it out. So we have fun doing that. And then when it's non-Bachelor season, it's whatever movies are playing or any kind of topic. Like we're going to do a a love topic here coming up with romantic comedies and why we love them. And I didn't think I would love it as much as I do. What do you love about it? I think I like that I'm able to just say whatever I want to say, just like I'm writing Uh and it's faster. Than waiting for it to be published 14 months. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's faster. I like that I can edit. Yes. Dumb things I Uh say. Yeah. Um, And the editing process is something that I thought, oh, Lord, this is going to, and I love it. Good for you. I do. I love it. I don't know why, but that makes for a very long day. Yeah. Especially when The Bachelor comes out every Monday night and you have to figure out when you're record and figure out when you're going to edit and figure out how you're going to post. I mean, I posted on the way here in the car. I wasn't driving. My friend was driving, but my friend, Laura, I dropped her off somewhere and, but I posted, I just hot spotted my phone yeah. and posted because the finale was last night. So wait, last night. Yes. Last night. It was a two part finale. Okay, This is old news. And I don't even know who's on the bachelor, but mm-hmm. did he pick somebody? Sort of. He picked somebody and she said, mm, Oh no! If I want to be with you, wait at the very, very end when he's standing there on one knee. No, he. It was fantasy suite night, and he. And this is Colton said, the it's Virgin. Colton the Virgin, and he said, "I like you," and she said, "Oh no, I like you," and I don't think I can get there. So she removes herself from the show, and then that he, far into the uh-huh, game. Yes, she did. Then he freaks out and jumps a fence with one single bound. It was great. You should go YouTube that. And like leaves and everybody's freaking out, including Chris Harrison. Where's the bachelor? He's missing. This is the most dramatic. He's missing. Most dramatic <laughs> ever. Where did he ever. go? Where did he go? And then he ditches the other two girls because, you know, three people get to go to the fantasy suite. Gross. Yeah. So he ditches the other two girls to show the one that left. I'm here for you. I love you. And I want it to be you. And I meant no rules, Jamie. No rules. Out the window. Out the window. So then everybody's kind of scrambling. And he goes to her. This was last night. He goes to her door and says, hey, it's you. And she's still kind of like, uh. And he said, well, do you want to go to Spain and meet my family? And she's like, Spain? Yes. (laughs) Yes, I'm in. (laughs) And so they're a boyfriend and girlfriend. So was it after the rose last night? Yeah. And so there they are together. Yes. Is she wearing the engagement ring? No, she didn't get a ring. They're a boyfriend, girlfriend. He's ready to marry her right now. So what happened to the other two? They never even got the chance? The first one did get a date because she was first on the roster, which, you know, would you Uh want to be first or last? I don't know. And then the one who left him was second. And then the third one didn't get anything. 
because she was third. She's just waiting in the fantasy she's, suite. She's waiting there, writing in her journal, dear diary. Can't wait for Colton <laughs> to get Margaret. here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That is the most dramatic. It is. It is. Have you ever listened to Catherine Lowe on my show? I did. Did you hear when she talked about their experience yeah. with Sean coming to her room? He snuck to her room. I loved it. It was so intriguing. Yes. I think that's the last Bachelor I ever saw. Really? Yeah. A I, long time ago. I pride myself in knowing that it was Catherine because they edited the crap out of that season. She was barely in it. And I thought, uh-uh, the he, there must be too much chemistry going on where they can't even Are you serious? show them together. Are you serious? Yes, that's what I thought. And and a lot of people are like, why in the world did he pick her? She was hardly on the show. And I thought, mm-hmm. Because they, were, they had was feelings palpable. from the get-go. Yes, it was palpable. You could see him different with her than with all the rest of them. She's coming to the, live sh- the next know, live show. That's I'm so, so excited. Exciting. Most dramatic. I can't even. I'm uh-huh. going to have to YouTube this now. Yeah, YouTube the fence jump. It was a big deal. <laughs> I did hear someone say that that was the fence jump has been in the previews. And so you keep waiting for the fence jump. And there it was. All season long. Uh, And it came at week eight. There you go. Okay. So the podcast, you started doing that and Mm -hmm. you loved it and connected with people. Yes. What do you love about book writing? Oh gosh. What do I love about book writing? I like when it ends pretty much when I'm done with it. But at the end of all of that, when it's published and everything, to get feedback from yeah. people and to have the conversations of the it's it's those times and you know what I'm talking about when you get that email and it all you need is the one for me it, that just says I thought I was the only one mm. I thought I was the only one who felt this way I thought I was the only one who felt lost because I'm a woman in a a man's work world um, I thought I was the only one who felt this way because I'm single and forty I thought I was the only one but the the best are I never felt that way about Jesus. Mm. I stopped going to church and now I'm going to ease myself back in. Those are those are why we write the book. Yeah. Those are the reasons why we write the book. I want people to laugh. I want people to have fun. I want people to think that I'm the biggest dork ever, but they are too, hopefully, with me. But in the end, I want people to know that Jesus loves them. And and that is why we were we are here. Let's just love like he loves and let's live like he lives and let's do all we can to glorify Jesus. And if I can get you in with The Bachelor, I'm going to hit you up with some Jesus while you're there. Mm -hmm. You hit him up with Jesus at the end of your book. I did. Yeah. Yeah. You did. It was like love story about, you know, your stories and movies and parents and pets and Jesus. That's right. I loved it. That's right. It's that hole. It's Mm -hmm. that void. That, that's what it is. I love it. Okay, so your new book, It's a Love Story, comes out April 30th. Yes. Your last book, Why I Hate Green Beans. Yes. Which you didn't even tell us. You just came up with that name for your blog years ago? Yes. I thought, what's a what's memorable? And uh, I hate I, green beans. I, 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 mean, I think I was talking to my mother and she was serving me green beans for the thousandth time. And I was like, mother, they smell like feet. I don't like them, but... <laughs> She made me eat them to lose weight when I was little. So there's a whole psychological reason. There's a whole thing. But it is memorable because people can't remember if I like them or hate them, but Uh they know there's something about the green bean girl. The green beans. As Chris Harrison said. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support, anytime. 
You don't have to hide how you feel. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. I always end the show. Yes. Three things you're loving oh, and mm-hmm. what you're reading. Okay. Three things I'm loving. Uh, number one, Zachary Levi's Instagram. I don't even know who that is, oh, Lindsay. did you ever watch Chuck, the TV show Chuck? No. No. Well, I think you just need to go and find him and follow him on Instagram. He is delightful. He is going to be a new superhero that's supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be like Superman meets Big. Okay. Remember with Tom Hanks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called Shazam. Which, by the way, Big. Uh-huh. I went back and was going to watch it with my children. Oh, no. It has inappropriate uh, stuff mm -hmm, in it. mm -hmm. Like PG when we were growing up Mm -hmm. is definitely (laughs) PG-13 close to R. Like they say the F word. (gasps) No. It's PG? Maybe it's PG-13 then. I I remember, I really thought it was PG when I was playing it for them because this was a a couple of years ago. And then I remember feeling this should definitely be PG-13. Yes. Anyhow. Interesting. Well, I don't I have no idea what this one is, but I'm following him, loving him. Um, I am happy about this Disney coast to coast thing that I'm doing. You're going mm-hmm. to both. I'm going to both. I've been to land in California. This and I'm year going, you've been to Disneyland. Yes. And then I'm going to world in September. So it's a go to both sides in one year. Is this a thing or is this a thing you created? I think it's a thing. Okay. From, you know, diehard Disney people, which I am. You can judge me. It's fine. Have I, you been to them? You've been to them already. Yes. I used to work at Disney World. I was a world famous Jungle Cruise skipper. Oh my for gosh. For six months. I was. Best time of my life, which sounds weird because I was 22 or 23 years old. And I've had a great life, but man, that was a <laughs> that good was time. Awesome. That yeah. was a good time. I had so much fun. I saw a lot. Saw a lot. So you're a Disney fan. Yes. Okay. I always have been since I was little. And that's where I always wanted to work was Disney World. And I had a professor who said, if you could work anywhere, where would you want to work? And I said, Disney World. He said, let's make it happen. And he helped me set up the internship back that's in the day, awesome. my senior year, because I didn't know what I wanted to be when yeah. I grew up. Yeah. Yeah. Loved it. And I think I went to school there. And got, um, I went to Disney University and got my doctorate degree, okay. Jamie. Okay. I went above and beyond the Mousters and went straight for the doctorate. And I think that's why I got all of the interviews for jobs whenever I first entered the workforce. Because, because you had the doctorate. I had the doctorate. And that was on my resume. And I think people <laughs> thought, well, that is super interesting. Let's call this girl in. Let's see what she has to say. Yes. I love it. Yes. And then um, the other thing is just like we were talking about before, meeting people, meeting women after speaking engagements, after reading the first book, after reading the blog, anything. Love meeting the women and just talking with him. I love that that's something you love. And I can tell that, that you love stories. Yes. I'm the same. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, it's why I do the show mm-hmm. is I think stories change the world. I think stories, like you just said, when someone says, I don't feel as alone or yes. I didn't, I don't know how you went through that. I'm th- going through this now mm-hmm. too. Thank you for, you know, so, mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. so fabulous. So yes. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Um, What am I reading? I read a lot for the Associated Press, obviously, but I won't get into that. I think what I'm reading 
right now. I have a I have a good friend who just wrote her first book. It's a sweet romance. Her name is Daphne. What does that mean? A sweet romance? Oh my gosh! Does it mean it's not yes sultrous and yes? Uh, her name is Daphne Emerson, and she it's sweet romance, and it is like a Hallmark Christmas movie, but book form. Okay, so, so that's a genre. That is a genre that is a oh, multi-billion dollar industry with a B. Because think about it. You want, sometimes you just want something fluffy. You don't want to have to think about it. Get you lost. don't want to just, yes. But you also don't want to come across anything gross or throbbing or whatever. <laughs> yes. And so you know it's safe. And so you're either listening or reading and whatever. And I was such a jittery, nervous first time author that I have a very sweet spot in my heart for first time authors. Mm. And people ask me all the time, how do you do and what do you do? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm still doing it th- to this day. But I was so jittery as a first-time author. I felt like I didn't know what in the world I was doing. And I had people helping me. And I still didn't know what I was doing. I think I called Melanie Schenkel 50 times. And bless her heart, she just answered all my questions. But I'm, I'm trying to be real mindful of newbie authors. That And speaking of Melanie, I'm reading her manuscript right now, which is going to be fabulous, her new book. When's it come out? I think it comes out next year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have a question for you that I just thought of, uh-huh. and then we're done. Okay. As someone who writes books, yes. And as someone who reviews books, do you review books differently as a writer? Yes, I do. I feel like there's not a book that would come across my desk that I could say something mean about. I know. I'm the exact same way. Now, before I wrote the book, I, I reviewed and I still wasn't mean at all because you're you're supposed to do the facts. You're just supposed to do the book report. This is what it's about. Here's what happens. The end. Recaps for TV, you can get your emotion in there and it's your personality and that's a little bit different. But since I wrote a book and the thought of somebody going, this is complete trash and I don't know who would read that guts me oh, to my I could cry, core. yes. Yes. So I, I don't change it, but I would never, because I'm a big reviewer now on Amazon because I know how important that is. And so I, I like to review the books that I read and I like to go on Goodreads and do that kind of thing for the, these authors, but I would never, ever, ever in a million, in a million years say anything so negative that I am telling people not to go read it. And people have pushed me back on that. Like, well, if it's a terrible book, I don't, you shouldn't make me want to read it. Well, you got to read between the lines. Uh If I'm just giving you facts that are kind of cold, hard facts, and this is what the book is about, and I have no colorful language, then you probably know that it's just a, you know, that kind of book. What's the lowest ranking you'll give on Amazon? Oh, three stars probably. Okay. But I've never done that. I've always done four or five. And that's like Entertainment Weekly. We have to do the grades. I, I've never given below a B minus yeah. ever. Oh my yeah. gosh. I think Shonda Rhimes would come after me if I did. Well, I just think I know what goes into writing a book. Yes. And just because I don't like it doesn't mean somebody exactly. else isn't going to like it. Exactly. Yeah, yes. That's how I feel Amen. about it. People who come on and give, like, I mean, I have bad reviews. Everybody gets bad reviews. Yes, me too. Some of them I'm like, well, that's not even fair what you just wrote. I know. Like, <laughs> you talk too much about Jesus. Well, that's just what I do, you know? Um, so, or the worst, like, I think one of my bad reviews was like, this was like a blog in a big book. And I was like, oh, well, thank you. Have a good day. I got one of my launch team members gave me a two-star. That's awesome. Thank you for nothing. Oh, man. That's when I just want to be like, don't leave a review. Right. 
Or at least give me an extra star for giving you the book for free Thank to you. read it. Yes. Come on, girl. Oh, goodness. The woes of writing and pouring your heart out. Mm-hmm. Lindsay, thank you so much. Thank you. You guys, I have already read It's a Love Story many months ago yes. and had the privilege of endorsing it mm-hmm. and telling people that I think they should read it. Oh, and so I it. will say it is a great, great read. And so congrats mm-hmm. on book number two. Thank you. And we'll tell people where to find it. Perfect. You guys, I know that you loved that conversation as much as I did. Lindsay has a new book coming out next week. It's called It's a Love Story from Happily to Ever After. And I want to tell you something real quick. I got a pre-copy of this book in the mail, and she is so cute that she sent a gift to me that is a cassette tape that's also a USB. I got to explain to all four of my children what a cassette tape was. It was so much fun. They're like, Wait, you have, there's music on this? I'm like, yes, there used to be music on these. Anyhow, this book is a super fun read and there's still time for you to pre-order the book and get all of your bonuses by going to lindsayray.com. She's given away so much stuff that you're gonna wanna go check it out. I loved when Lindsay shared with us about how God took a crazy show like The Bachelor during one of the darkest times in her life and he used it to give her the incredible job that she has today. You cannot say that God does not work in crazy ways in our lives sometimes. She has a job that allows her time to connect with women throughout her life in Bible study and real friendships that point others to Jesus. I'm super thankful for Lindsay's honesty with the pain that she experienced after divorce and how her two best girlfriends were with her in the darkness, but also helped guide her out of the hole that she was in. I loved how Lindsay talked about how this feeling that she's having this longing in her heart that it cannot be filled with a husband or a kids or even the other friends in her life. But contentment is found in knowing that God has her right where she is for a purpose. Friends, today's show was edited by Chris with Podshaper. And the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Aki Slockers. And this whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. Next week, my guest is Kate Merrick. Kate and I met a few years ago at If Gathering. We cozied up in a booth over dinner under the dim light of a hip Austin restaurant. And I knew at first meeting that we'd be friends for the long haul. Go back and listen to Kate's show in episode number 133. You'll love knowing about what we talked about in that show before you hear her next week. Also, don't forget, tickets for the next Happy Hour Live go on May 1st. We have some phenomenal guests. You are going to die when you hear who's coming, but you got to be on the newsletter to find out. Guys, enjoy your week. Share the show with a girlfriend. Have a happy hour with a friend, and I will see you back here next week with my friend, Kate Merrick, and tickets to Happy Hour Live. Bye, guys. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.